He doesn't want to work. He just wants to bang on that drum all day. Dallas Cowboys eat it. The Green Bay Packers shock the world in amazing fashion. Now, the scoreline 48-32 to 32, sounds like it was a barn burner. It was not. The Packers were in control from the start to the finish of that game. The only time he thought maybe, maybe there was an F-up is when Sean Clifford <laughs> came into the game and the rest of the starters were benched for just for Matt LaFleur to put him back out there. Packers absolutely throttle the Dallas Cowboys. Aaron Jones, amazing. Jordan Love, incredible. Packers win, Packers win, Packers win. And what a time we had yesterday at the Red Baron in Edgerton watching it all unfold. Rowdy, it couldn't have gone any better yesterday, couldn't have, buddy. Good morning, brother. No, we were talking about how the Packers need to set the tone, right? Right away, because if they can keep it close for that first half, they're going to have the ability and the confidence to uh, see if they can win it late in the second half. Yep. The Packers came out and made a statement early. Yes, they did. Unbelievable. Jordan Love, perfect, almost perfect in his playoff debut. Uh, if At the time when Sean Clifford came in, I think he did have a, a perfect passer rating. Jordan Love, though, finishes a 157.2, a QBR of 99.3. 16 to 21, 272 yards, three touchdowns. Talk about efficient. And Aaron Jones... He owns the Dallas Cowboys. 21 carries, 118 yards, and three toddies. Through that first possession for the Green Bay Packers, they ran it right down Dallas's throat. Aaron Jones was just, I mean, running the football right up the gut, and Dallas could not stop it. It was a prisoning out there at Jerry's World. Unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> watching Jerry Jones walk back into the locker room after the loss, it was dead silence. You could hear a pin drop as Jerry and his crew of flunkies were walking back there. <laughs> Micah Parsons stunk, by the way, hey, yesterday. By, by the way, was I too tough pregame while we were doing the show on Joe Flacco for throwing the two pick sixes? Yeah. Because Dak Prescott threw a pick six, and Darnier would have thrown another pick six if Jair wasn't touched. Correct. Because, if yeah, Jair barely touched on that barely. sick interception. And Dak was an MVP candidate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joe Flacco had to be getting off the streets to, uh, you know, help the Browns then get throttled in the playoffs. But, my God, what a game. Um, anyone are wondering, I got a bunch of texts yesterday, Rowdy, and messages on Facebook and Twitter, et cetera. Will we hear from Luis today? Ooh, I don't even know if he comes to work today. I said that... Um, our uh, our boss Randy, where's my phone? Our boss Randy had texted me, and he goes, "Do I need to drive? Because he lives in Wanakee, like Luis does." He goes, "Do I need to drive to Luis's house to do a wellness check?" And I go, "Dude, I bet you he doesn't even come into work today." I did text Luis. I said to Luis, "Many are wondering, Luis, if we're going to get to hear from you today." He didn't respond back, Rowdy. He didn't. He didn't text me back. How about them Cowboys? Yeah, how about them boys? We them boys. How about them Packers? Uh, unbelievable. So uh, yesterday we were at Red Baron, and if you tuned in, I know a lot of our listeners did. That was an absolute blast. The pizza, incredible, by the way. Oh, Rowdy, people, there were a couple Dallas Cowboys fans in there. Yeah, there were five. Well, I, I left a, just a little before halftime. You stayed for the whole game and then some. Were there any Dallas Cowboys fans there by the end of the game? They did not stay for all zeros <laughs> on the clock. Uh, actually, so when I was uh, getting ready to, you know, get everything together and leave, because I left at about 730. Yeah. So give or take about 
30, 45 minutes after the game ended, kind of once all of the shenanigans started to settle down a bit, <laughs> one of the ladies that was sitting at the end of the bar said, yeah, one of the Cowboy fans and uh, his his four friends that was sitting next to me that was talking to me, they got really quiet in the third quarter and they looked around and said, this isn't really fun anymore. And they all <laughs> did tell. <laughs> so I believe according to the lady that was at the end of the bar, they made it into the third quarter, but left before the fourth quarter. God, uh, if you're watching the game, um, there was a ton of empty seats by halfway through the fourth quarter. They're in Jerry's world at AT&T stadium, which is now Lambeau field South. Uh, there were a ton of empty seats there. And my favorite was uh, when um, the Packers scored yet another touchdown, right? And it panned up to that lady who was sitting in the stands and she had her uh, hands on her head and she was like uh, almost in tears and looking up to the sky, wondering why God, why that was absolutely, absolutely amazing to see the sights and sounds of America's team and America's fans get absolutely prisoned uh, there in their home stadium. Cowboys had not lost there since 2022, the season opener. They had 16 wins in a row in Jerry's world. Packers came in and the first drive just put it on and never looked back. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, uh, yeah, grass on the Twitch says Dobbs tore it up too. Yeah, Romeo Dobbs was uh, phenomenal. Everybody was. It was an all-around team effort. And then uh, Kinger, though, you got to have a couple of detractors right away, Rowdy, right? I got Kinger who, you know, we know him for some trolling. He goes, and then Joe Barry and his defense almost effed it up at the end. <laughs> that hey, game was by, never in question. By the way, the Dallas Cowboys have now scored 30-plus points in AT&T Stadium, eight out of nine games yeah. this year, including points. yesterday's wild card game. If you would have told me that the Dallas Cowboys would have scored 32 points in the game against the Packers on Sunday, I probably would have told you the Packers lose. Same, no doubt. But the fact that they got to 32 and that they lost by 16 points and the Packers put up 48 <laughs> points on the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> and called the dogs off in the fourth quarter. Uh-huh. Man, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Yeah, the the facing the what the NFL's fifth best defense, the Packers matched its Super Bowl winning team from 2010 with the most points scored in a playoff game. Also, by the way, that was also on the road, uh, 48-21 when they beat the Atlanta Falcons in 2010, went on to win. Packers scored 48 on the road against the Dallas Cowboys, and yeah, yeah, Rowdy, if, like if we were to tell anyone. The Packers won forty-eight to thirty-two. Didn't tell you how it happened, but the final score was forty-eight to thirty-two. You'd think it would be like a shootout in Dallas, right, where there'd be a back and forth and a crazy game, right? Like that would be my inkling. A hundred percent. Packers controlled it the whole time. And if you said the Dallas Cowboys had scored thirty-two, you're probably not coming back with the Packers scoring forty-eight. <laughs> no, not at all. And Micah Parsons, Nothing. one one solo tackle, two total tackles, and one quarterback hit. He was a ghost. Yeah. He was a ghost. The offensive line stood up to the Dallas Cowboys front seven. Aaron Jones ran it down their throats. Christian Watson. There were a couple plays where Christian Watson went deep and there were two or three Dallas Cowboy defenders that went with them, opening up everything underneath for Romeo Dobbs, Luke Musgrave, uh, Tucker Craft, And then there's Jair Alexander who was 50, 50 to play. 
Obviously, he had the pick. Yeah. Obviously, he played pretty well. Now, I got hurt again, but I mean, and CD Lamb had nine catches for 110 yards. That was all garbage. No touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. He got his, but he didn't kill you. Nope. Unbelievable game. DW. What's up, homie? Go pack, go, baby. I I told you they were going to win. You did. You said that uh, you were the first call on Friday, DW, preaching the sermon of the Packers. And I tell you what, they got the underdog mentality, and I think the Cowboys just overlooked the Packers. And uh, love, I can't say enough about them. That quarterback coach, um, the old guy there, is just doing a wonderful job with love. And, I mean, the offensive line's playing well. And, uh, you know, Dobbs was huge yesterday because Watson was back and, I'll tell you what, um, I'm not going to say they're going to win, but I'd like to find out the line on this one because San Francisco's got a hell of a lot better team than Dallas does. You got the line, Robbie? Um, I was guessing because uh, we were actually talking about this at the bar. What do we think the line would be between a buddy and I? And I said I got. I bet it's got to be close to, to nine and a half, ten. But if I pull it up here, yeah. um, I think I – give me two seconds to effort. Nine and a half. Okay, I got one question for yeah, you. Yeah, I see 10 here in East when, when Alexander picked that pass off, okay, he was never touched. They touched his... Why was he down? They they t- they grazed him. Yeah, they, they him. made contact while the, he was still on the, yeah. the ground. Like, it was really quick. It, uh, yeah, it, it, it was quick. I didn't... I, I didn't see that part. I was like, wow, why the hell was he down? I know, at first I didn't think so, but then they went and did a little, a little quick little slow-mo, and you could tell that he got touched. Barely. Yeah, but... His, his like, um, leg landed on him. I, I don't know about Joe Barry. I mean, is he, is he doing enough to save his job? <laughs> well, uh, we had Rob Reichelon, who's going to join us today, by the way. Robbie said, outside of winning the Super Bowl, he doesn't see Joe Barry coming back. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you never know. The Packers, they could be the team of destiny this year. You just don't know. They're but, freaking hot right uh, now, DW. You know, they, they are so fun and so hot. San Francisco's got a good offense, and you got you got to shut down Caffrey. And if you shut down, him down, then how are you going to play zone against some wide receivers? Yeah, yeah, we so got we got we got all week tough. to worry about that. DW, that's going to be a tough test, boys. But I tell you what, go back, go. Hell yeah, you the man, DW. We love you, bud. Hey. Yeah, looking at uh, some of the lines in in different books, nine and a half in some places. Ten in others. Yeah. <laughs> oh, buddy. It's a good yeah. challenge. Uh, line three, good morning. Hey, this is Conrad from Jacksonville. Oh, Conrad, what's up, dude? How we living? Oh, man, we're living good. We're living good this morning, guys. Yeah, how's uh, did all of Jacksonville know you, hear your presence as a Packer fan down there, Conrad? Oh, ab- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I you know, I tried to support the local team. They just couldn't. They didn't. They didn't do what they needed to do. Not like uh, this team out of Green Bay who oh. did exactly what they needed to do. Oh. You know, and uh, man, playing with how like I like the I like the term you know playing with house money, but I I don't even think that even there's so much peace about just watching this team play loose like that. I mean, it was yesterday was a fun day. I mean, you beat the Bears, you make the playoffs, you go to Dallas. And just laid down the meat. I mean, <laughs> that that was 
I mean, all those years, man, back in the day when, when Favre would go to Dallas and we couldn't win and Rogers kind of righted the ship mm-hmm. and, you know, we're not, we're not afraid of Dallas anymore. And they, they're not, not really like a chip on our shoulder and, and go, going against coach Mack. I mean, I love coach Mack. I think you, you guys kind of feel the same way. We've I, always I loved coach I Mack. Do. I do. I love me some big Mike. You know, and and now hearing all these hearing all these Dallas fans, oh McCarthy's out, McCarthy's out. Well, I didn't see McCarthy suit up yesterday, and I didn't see Dan Quinn do much to try to stop us. <laughs> and all these guys, the Packer fans coming down on Joe Barry, we were like seventeen to nothing. That has something <laughs> to do with Joe Barry not allowing points out of the highest scoring offense in the league. Yeah, so, how much do you give? Yeah. Like, how much do you want to crack on Joe Barry for for the uh, end of the game? Like the whole time it was in, like they're in cruise control. I feel like no one even cared out there. It's like ah, whatever, let them score. We already got this game won. You know. Yeah, you know, I think it was it, the bottom line is is that he had a game plan going in to slow him down. I don't know what, and I we haven't really talked about. No one's really talked about what was the disconnect between Dak and CD Lamb and why they couldn't do it. I don't know what exactly we were doing. If it was just the shadowing of Jair and whatnot, but we had them so off tilt that it, we were just able to, and then Jordan Love and, and Aaron Jones, I mean, they were just able to maximize on it, you know. And I think that's the method, you know, when we go through the rest of these games, keep our offense on the field, you know, if we can do it, you know. And I, I'm not scared of Purdy. Yeah, McCaffrey's amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> He's pretty good. You know, but, uh, yeah, this is uh, we let's ride high this week, come up with a good strategy for our fanhood. And, uh, you know, let's get this thing done. Bring it and, on. Uh, yes, sir. I think there's just one way to close this out there, Evil. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Ooh, what a rush. Ooh, that was, a, that was like a berry. That was like a berry white one. That was a, that was a, that was a deep one right there from Connor. And then, then he drops off. Yeah. Wow. That was a good Ooh, what a rush. Line four. Good morning. Hey, uh, I just, I just think that, uh, um, LaFleur has the right to have whatever kind of coaching staff he wants, no matter what you guys say. And the other thing is that they, you kept saying that everybody was saying that they were playing on house money. The Packers weren't playing on house money because if they had a loss, you know, everybody would have said, oh, they suck. Everybody ought to be fired. Oh, I told you, you know, the quarterback's no good. You know, he'll never be Favre or, or Rogers. So no, they're not playing on our, uh, uh, house money. There is is no such thing because once you give once you win something and give it back to the house it, it no once you win the money that's your money when you give it back that's that's not the house's money that's yours and so if if uh if joe barry gets all the the blame when they lose he should get the credit when they win that's only fair can you give him credit and when he gave up 32 points though he didn't give up 32 points. <laughs> well, his defense. They, it's the same thing. Mike McCarthy, it, Mike McCarthy hey, wasn't like out there like playing you're, either. You're on a vendetta today. There's no enjoyment in the win. You're on, you're on an FU tour today, eh? No, I'm just, look, I just, I just try to call it like I see it, and I don't, I never try to get on the air and troll anybody, <laughs> you know, like 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 somebody who who I'm, I'm wishing a happy Martin Luther King Day, you know, today. I, you know, my friend is he Dave, is he is he big fat and blind? Well, I'm 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 not uh, going to comment on somebody's <laughs> looks. That's not fair. I'm just saying. Well, I'm that just being. It's, as, I'm not. I'm just being observant. 
and see, I just think that 2024 is the year of healing. Oh. So I, 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 you know, Dave and I are going to, we're going to heal. I'm going to bring him to heal. And that's, <laughs> that's what 2024 is all about. So that's why I'm wishing him a happy Martin Luther King Day. You know, okay. come celebrate with me, brother. Yeah. All right. I love that. Pete, the man. Have a good day. Have a good day, yep. Pete. See ya. Now the, it's the year of healing. That's bold in an election year, too. Uh, line one, good morning. Terry from the North Side. The king of the North. What's up, Terry? Well, first of all, congratulations to the Packers. They played Thank you. very, very well. And, you know, and they look really good. But, you know, and before my son threw a beer bottle through his TV in the third <laughs> quarter, and I ain't kidding you, that's what happened. Well, he's and, a Cowboys you know, fan. My you family know, is huge Dallas Cowboys fans. Yeah. Um, I, I, first of all, I want to say this. McCarthy probably better start packing his bags. Man, that's, what many, that's what some are saying, Terry, that Jerry Jones is already packing up his belongings. Yeah, he should be. I mean, McCarthy's done in Dallas. I mean, he he had the smallest defensive lineup. You know, when we talk facts. Um, when Dallas goes to the small defensive line, Green Bay just did a total number up front. And um, when they were so small up front, Dallas, uh, Packers ran at will. So the, the Dallas did lose yesterday because of coaching. They were just totally outcoached from one end of the game to the other from the alignment that McCarthy put on the field. And he just couldn't adjust. And I agree with Pete um, he liked- at, um, when he said this. Um, I mean, I Pete that hour before. I said this about a rush. Yeah. Um, the, the Cowboys <laughs> seemed off from the beginning. The receivers couldn't even get on the right page. There was something going on there that I don't know. And I do know, and this is what I was going to ask Nelson. Yeah, Nelson. Do you think ESPN all day long is going to have Cowboy people talking all day long on what's wrong with the Cowboys? That's a good question, Terry. Uh, I didn't get home and really watch much of, like, the, I guess, like, panels of experts talking about every game when they go through the highlights. But I guess that'll be interesting, especially early this week, to see – are they talking about how the Cowboys fell apart and didn't look good and were, you know, thoroughly beaten? And is this the end of McCarthy? Or are they going to talk about Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur, and the hype of the young Green Bay Packers? I'm going to guess that they go with the anti-Cowboys talk because that's the easy one. I agree. Yep. And I, and I, I guess LaFleurio did say, um, I finally did get home on the second game last night. They brought him in. Um, I don't know if it was just before the game or just shortly after. Um, and he said that um, Belichick was rumored to go to Atlanta. And, oh, um, Atlanta he, for Belichick now. Well, that's what was rumored until yesterday. You know, the big D's in question with maybe Big yeah, Mike. Being and they were the saying, well, Jerry Jones be flying to Bill Belichick's home with a blank check. Terry, we have, I have a good question for you. One of our listeners on Twitch says, are all Cowboys fans now fans of the Houston Texans now? I think all Cowboys fans right now are, fa- are fans of the um, Detroit Lions because now Detroit Lions get an extra home game, and now Green Bay is and my And some people I even heard this morning say, can Green Bay go to San Francisco and rack up 50? I mean, San Francisco's got a bigger defensive line. I mean, they're not going to be able to run the ball as easy on the 49ers as they did against the Cowboys. I think, Terry, the biggest question for for Cowboys fans moving forward is, how about them boys? Are they going to be cheering for the Lakers or Celtics, or should they just skip to spring and start cheering for the Yankees? (laughs) (laughs) My son thinks, now he's emotional. Is your son a Yankees fan? 
I think it's time for the Cowboys to break it down. You know, Zach even said this morning on ESPN, if you're going to play Big Mike, you got to play me also. Um, I mean, I, I stuck hey, it Dak, up. Dak backed Big Mike last night at the podium, saying Big Mike's his guy. Yeah, but they, they Dallas has got a clean house. They they really do. I mean, they're like a uh, they're like the Bucks in the in in the nineties where they used to go in and do the playoffs from you know and win fifty games, then get up and get swept by Boston or Philadelphia or whoever. Yeah. You know, eventually you've got to break it down, and this is time for the Cowboys to clean house. And, and the one name I mentioned, which surprised me, which it would never happen because he wouldn't do it, was Deion Sanders, the new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. You've been listening too much, RG3. Terry, if they, I, I no, would totally be here for the implosion. That was RG3. Um, but I'll be honest with you. And honestly, Dion knows how to win. He had won four games in Colorado? Yeah, but how many did he win the year before? One. No, Colorado. And, how many did he, and, how, and what oh, was Jackson oh, State until Dion got I'm just saying this. The guy, the guy's won how many Super Bowls? I mean, he, he knows how to win. I would love, hey, yeah. I would love to see Deion Sanders coach for the Dallas Cowboys. I think it would be just an amazing train wreck to watch. I would no, love I'm not to saying see it. it's going to happen. I, no, but it would be an amazing happen. train wreck to watch. But Belichick's on his way to Dallas, and um, if Belichick comes, they won't break it down. But uh, Belichick's going to have to clean up the locker room in a hurry because there's a lot of dissension on that Cowboy team, and I don't know why. But like I said, my son's got to go spend himself another thousand bucks on the TV today. He fired that Bud Light right through the screen in the third quarter. Is he a Yankees? Does he like the Yankees? Um, no, he's a he's smart man. He's a Cub fan. Oh, oh. I don't know. Hey, if smart and Cubs fans go hand in hand. Smart. We can test. One more, that. one more thing for you, Nelson. Tell me about this Japanese picture the Cubs just signed for be- five, four years. God knows how many a million. I've never heard of him before. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't. I don't have a lot on them. I know it's easier with some of the top Japanese arms, like your your first, second choice, because they kind of have more, um, I guess, of a background that you can read up on. I I would have to do some research. I don't know much about this guy at all off the top of my head. Shoda Imanaga. Did I say that right? Bull Cubs go is what he. <laughs> Shota Imanaga. Now, I'm going to have some fun with you on our last question. I'll get that because we have a lot of callers that want to talk about the Packers. Can Green Bay score 50 points on the 49ers? I don't think so, but I, <laughs> I wouldn't have said they scored 48 on Dallas either. Yeah. See, when Dallas went to that small line, that's the first thing I told my son. What's McCarthy doing putting all these? They had one guy up there was 213 pounds. I mean, why Dude, that's the fifth, de- that's a a fifth best defense in the NFL, Terry. Packers just carved that thing up, man. Ran through like Swiss cheese. Terry, well, he did. Terry, we'll see if they can do it again. I hope your son gets a new TV. It gets a new TV, that ultra high def, and you guys can enjoy some Packers continuing on the playoffs watching it. Okay, buddy. Well, you know what? I'll be watching them no matter where. Um, uh, but I am going to keep an eye on the Detroit Lions. I mean, yeah. that's uh, that's a team. That's story. I'm thinking about putting a little money on because story, they're, they're not going to get an extra home game, guys. And if Green Bay were to walk in and beat the 49ers, now Detroit gets three straight home games. Yeah. Yeah. Terry, we love you, buddy. You know, Take a look at that. Go Cubs. See you later, guys. See you, See you there. Yeah, the Detroit Lions. 1992 was the Lions' last playoff win. 2008, the Lions finished the season with Joe Barry, by the way. 0-16. Yesterday in 2024, their first playoff win in 32 years as they bested their former quarterback, Matthew Stafford. 
And Jared Goff, I don't know if you knew this, guys, he also was once quarterback for the LA Rams. Yeah, and that was a good game that went right down to the wire, too. Oh, baby, Packers win. Packers win. In case you didn't hear, Packers win. To everybody in this room, first seventh seed in the history of the NFL to win a playoff game. There's a hell of a lot more. First of all, starting out with Weefence. Give it up for our kickoff team. Weefence, Weefence, Weefence. Give it up for Jay Reed and Musgrave recovering those onside. Yeah. <laughs> How about Daniel Wheeler? Three punts inside the 10. Irish boy. How about our defense? Give it up for our defense. Joe Barry. Where's the Joe Barry call? Sam with a pick six. <laughs> Great job, man. That was a great job. Offensively, all day. Offensive line. Give it up for the old line. No sacks. No tears in his eyes. No sacks. Musgrave stayed on his feet. How about Wicks with the tug? Whoever this Romeo Dobbs guy was. Six for 150 in the top. Three tugs today. <laughs> this guy finished with the highest QB rating in Packer history at one Let's go, man. Family on three. One, two, three. Family. There you go. There's inside the locker room had, after the win. Had you ran the ball on that third down, he would have had a perfect passer rating. I know. You would have had a perfect. Like, and you would have gone down to the two-minute warning, and you wouldn't have had given him any time when they got the ball. When back. he was pulled out and Sean Clifford put in, they're like, Jordan Love with the perfect quarterback passer rating. Yep. And then he had to come back, back in. in. <laughs> and then and he didn't get the perfect. The ball. Well, well, not only perfect. that, but he left. The ga- or after the game, Jordan Love, his QBR, which is, I know, more of an ESPN-generated yeah. stat, and it's newer compared to passer rating. Right. But, yes, just barely missing the passer rating by point one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He also had a 99.3 QBR. And why is that significant? Yeah, why is that, Roddy? Yeah. Because QBR, zero is like you're basically dead. Yeah. You didn't even play. 100. 50 <laughs> is average, and 100 is the best you can be. Yeah. He was 99.3 QBR. Yeah. That's my quarterback. 157.2 passer rating. I don't think he's got it, though. Damn near perfect in both. Yeah. So, I don't know if the Packers uh, media team tried to do this, but what do we know about Des Bryant? Or, um, yeah, Des Bryant when it was Tony Romo? <laughs> That's my quarterback. T.O. Oh, yeah, T.O. Excuse me. That's my quarterback. <laughs> right? Uh, this video is labeled, That's my quarterback. Yeah. And then also, uh, Dak Prescott. Every time he's about to snap the ball, he goes, here we go. Like, that's his, part of his cadence. Here we go. Uh, Jordan Love, and then kneel down at the end. Jay Love slipped one in. He goes, here we go. Yeah. And then kneel the victory formation. You got to get, get the cadence right. It's, here we go. <laughs> here we go. 
yeah, because Dak had that hat on when he walked into the ATT yeah. City. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, yeah, Jordan Love doing a little, uh, I think it was trolling at the end of the game in victory formation. He goes, here we go. And then, boom, put the knee down. It was trolling. And game freaking over. Packers win 48-32. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, I don't know. I don't think anyone saw 48 points coming. No. And again, that's how many the Packers put up on the Atlanta Falcons in the 2010-2011 season when they went on to win the Super Bowl on the road, by the way, against yeah. the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Aaron Rodgers-led team, now a Jordan Love-led team, 48 points in his playoff debut. The guy should have been perfect. Uh, but we'll take it no matter what, right? Packers have now won six games in a row at AT&T Stadium, uh, stadium including Super Bowl 45. Amen. So uh, unbelievable performance from the Green Bay Packers. And why not? I mean, I know the Niners are a tall task. Yes. Packers are hot right now. So hot right now. As much as the Packers own the Cowboys, uh, especially, you know, they're in Jerry's world. The Niners in the playoffs, it's kind of like the Packers to the Cowboys, like the Niners to the Packers. Hey, by the way. This Packers-Niners divisional round, I don't want to bring up any negative energy here, but, but the the, but. La- the last time the Packers were in the playoffs, <laughs> they lost in the divisional round to the 49ers. <laughs> yeah, uh, Niners, it's, uh, that's a tough task. Tall order coming up here, but we're going to celebrate today. Uh, let's go to the phones. Line one, good morning. Don't you put that evil on me, Nelson Raysback. Hello, Michael. Hey, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible liar. Mike, missed you, <laughs> missed you uh, Sunday. I know the, the, you had to take care of some stuff with the missus. Happy wife, happy life. I get it. Now you're fighting a little uh, illness. How are you, you feeling, buddy? Uh, I'm a little, I got some a sinus infection, I think. Oh. I think but I have to medicate myself. So and I say something weird, which is not a normal. It's probably even more usual than ever. Well, the sickness can't be that bad. The Packers just beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. That's got to be the cure-all right there. Correct. So this is this is how yesterday went down. Here we go. Her uncle was having a 70th birthday party at B.D. Jacks and Cottage Grove. Ooh. The plan was, I kept pushing her and pushing her and pushing her. Like, Let's get out early. Let's go to Edgerton, the Red Bear, and watch the game down there. She's like, no, we should probably watch it with your dad because... You know, we haven't watched any games of this year. This and that. I said, well, I want to win Hootie and the Blowfish tickets. <laughs> I was driving. You and a lot of people. And we pulled out of maybe Jackers right on the north side of town there by the interstate in Cottage Grove. And I could have turned left and went down towards the inter- down towards Stoughton and Edgerton and forced her to go, but I decided to be good. And I took the right and went towards Madison. Back home to Portage, so... Is your, is your wife good with directions? Like, my, my wife, when she says we need to go somewhere and says go this way, I know immediately to go the exact opposite way because Jen's compass is flipped. Like, her, her internal compass is flipped. Every time, she's like, oh, I think this is the right way. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go the other way then. And then I turn out to be right. Mike, maybe, is your wife good at directions? How's her, her internal compass? I think it was... I think she, she decent, but I think she, it was pretty obvious that I would have... Okay. I'll say you're just going to flip the script on her. Just started going right to, you know, the Red Baron. You can see the interstate from BB Jack, so <laughs> okay. I would not be able to that. <laughs> well, I, had a, I actually broke my dry January. I'm now in damp January. I had a beer in your spirit, Michael. Well, uh, yeah, I had nothing to say about that. I'll send you a message. But, uh, yeah. well, but well, uh, yeah. I guess... That's all. I'm probably going to pass out to the meds. So. <laughs> all right, buddy. We'll feel better. <laughs> Give me a go-pack go before you pass out. 
Go pack go. <laughs> See, buddy. <laughs> Are we sure that wasn't the brown bottle flu? Yeah, but was that the brown bottle flu there, Michael? What was that? Uh, the Packers, though, boys. Um, Jordan Love. A lot of people, and listen, I didn't care uh, when the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers uh, to replace Brett Favre. I was not happy about it. You know, turned out to be pretty happy with uh, Aaron Rodgers, right? I was not the happiest when the Packers traded up to draft Jordan Love to upset the apple cart. Um, pretty happy with it now. Uh, there's been a lot of people, you know, not didn't care for it at the time. And, you know, when Jordan Love first started having his foray into here uh, as an NFL quarterback, it wasn't looking the greatest, right? And now as this season progressed, he once did it 2-5. and five. Now you advance in the playoffs and you're taking on the Niners in the uh, divisional round. I've, I don't see how you can't be anything but excited about Jordan Love. This dude, uh, as the season progressed and as the pressure uh, ramped up, he has lived up to it more and more every time. Jordan Love was phenomenal yesterday. Yeah. For the Green Bay Packers, it was phenomenal. It was a, what a what a what a blessing. And I just think <laughs> the that pick has been two of the big things that he definitely had going for him was that first drive when the Packers could run the football with Aaron Jones for five six yards pretty much at will, mm-hmm. and Aaron Jones was making plays that definitely helped set the tone and help open things up for Jordan Love because all of a sudden now the Packers can run the football. Yeah. And then another thing, which, because we were talking about it leading up to the game, it looked like Jair Alexander and Christian Watson were completely game-time 50-50 decisions. Well, there were multiple plays where Christian Watson was going deep, and there were two or three Dallas defenders that kind of went out of their way to follow and trail him. And that left so much stuff open underneath for the Romeo Dobbs of the world who had the six catches for 150 plus and, and had some big things. And the fact that they were able to stretch the field offensively through the passing game and run it right away with Aaron Jones, that took a lot of pressure off of the offensive line and, and Jordan Love. And it, it, it let him just find open man and... Just keep it going. Yeah, the Packers did not get a 100-yard receiver until the Vi- the last Vikings game, and that was Bo Melton. Yeah. And then you see this team really come on, and Ro- Rowdy just said it, Romeo Dobbs, 151 yards and a touchdown. Him and Jordan Love, that connection was absolutely dynamic. Uh, that was awesome. Well, this was kind of the theory when you think about the wide receiver room. Uh, when you had a, a talent like Christian Watson, that's the speed, that's the, the guy that can run up and down the seam and, and have those zero routes and go routes for you. Romeo Dobbs was like the consistent overall steady wide receiver. He's the guy that's going to be able to run every route, but he'll clean up underneath because of what Christian Watson can do. And then you add in Dontavion Wicks, mm-hmm. Jaden Reed, mm-hmm. both tight ends. That just makes it that much more deadly and, and wide open for so many other guys. Yeah. So Bo Melton goes for over 100 finally. That was December 31st against the Vikings. And then against the Chicago Bears, it was Jaden Reed who went over 100 yards receiving. Uh, he snagged 112 yards on four catches against uh, Depp Bears. And then you had, it was uh, Romeo Dobbs yesterday against the Dallas Cowboys. This offense is really coming on. Ever since, you know, LaFleur talked about that Steelers game where he started opening up more for Jordan Love. Love started feeling more comfortable and, uh, you know, getting the offense more you know tailored to his skill set you just really seen this offense open up and now you finally have finally it took the second to the last week of the season and then the last week of the season now yesterday to finally have uh, receivers going over 100 yards and they've been different receivers right i mean Jaden reed 
Jaden Reed was good special teams wise. Hell, Matt Lafleur, uh, you know, was given one of the game balls during the audio we just played that start the seven o'clock segment. Jaden Reed though was like non-existent in the receiving core yesterday. I don't even think he had a he didn't even have a catch. Yeah, looking at the uh, box score, he had three targets, obviously no catches. But I mean, when you think about it though, Romeo Dobbs had six, Musgrave had three. Wicks had two, Kraft had two, Aaron Jones had a catch, Watson a, a catch, and Bo Melton a catch. Yeah, spreading the wealth. I mean, that's seven different receivers. Mm-hmm. It's, he, he spread the ball out pretty well. Romeo Dobbs just happened to be the one that had the really nice day. Yeah, and then Jordan Love, <laughs> unbelievable for Jordan Love. Uh, Packers, what, started three and six. Since then, they've won seven of their last nine games. Jordan Love has thrown for 21 touchdowns and one interception in that stretch as the Packers become the first seven seed to win in the NFL playoffs. Crazy. As uh, I have a little clip I wanted to play as they were gushing, Greg Olson and company were gushing over love on the broadcast. But I'll tell you what, that's as impressive of a performance we've seen all season long. And to do it in the first round as a seven seed on the road, we've talked a lot about this inexperienced group, especially on offense. For them to come into the house here in Dallas that no one's been able to win in almost two years. Man, that's pretty impressive for this Green Bay team. What an effort by the Packers. They come into Dallas. They had them their first loss here all year. And the number seven seed, this young team, surprising everyone by making the playoffs. And now they're on the divisional to take on the number one seed. It's just been unbelievable. Uh, Mike McCarthy and Matt LaFleur doing a little embrace right there. Big Mike's like, good job. And now you wonder what the future is for Big Mike uh, as the Dallas Cowboys head coach. But yeah, the, I, I think what three years? Three years now. The the Cowboys have had twelve wins yeah. and have yet to make it to an NFC Championship game. They're the first team in the history of the NFL to do something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's it's not tough. looking good for them. No, it's not. And then uh, after the win against Dallas, they get to what the rest of the day to celebrate and uh, take in the win. Yeah. And then it's on to San Francisco, which is going to be even that much more of a, of a step towards the Super Bowl because San Francisco is good. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and if you caught it there in that clip, there's Jordan Love with the victory formation going, here we go. <laughs> and with a little kneel down. Unbelievable. Uh, we'll get to some comments uh, from a bunch of the players, Jordan Love, coaches as well, Matt LaFleur, uh, coming up after the break as we just revel in a nice little Packers victory here. From the season of being tank it, we want draft picks, better draft position. To now going to the vigil round against the Niners. What a roller coaster it's been. And the Packers are freaking hot. They are hot. And the Niners owe the Packers one from 2021 when uh, the Packers were unable to beat them in the divisional round after leading for most of that. Oh, what a time to be alive, folks. What a roller coaster. A two and five, you know, tank the season, get a better draft position. And maybe we'll run it, you know, try something new coming up next year in 2024, 2025 season to now we're making a run of the playoffs. Absolutely incredible. That's why the NFL is so amazing. Every game means so much that you just can't lay down and give up. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. I will hear from Matt LaFleur. Uh, LaFleur after the game gushing, and rightfully so, over Jordan Love. Matt LaFleur is just like enamored. I don't know. I don't I don't blame him. That's his boy. That's his guy, right? His finger 
oh, 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 there we go. <laughs> Matt LaFleur says, uh, you know, on a rookie quarterback, well, it's not really a rookie, but on a rookie quarterback in his first playoff game facing a team that was 8-0 at home this season, dominating the game, here's LaFleur. Jordan Love, wow. That's about all I can say is wow. What he did and the poise he shows, the command he shows, the touchdown pass to Dontavian Wicks, it was an all-out look. We were obviously in an empty set. He had, uh, I think it was Tucker, Max Protect, and that was a great job by Tuck uh, and the rest of our offensive line. Yeah, getting it done. And then Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur, has got a real quick little synopsis of what Jordan Love is. It just shows the growth that he's had from his first start versus KC to now. Just so proud and happy for him. He's a dude. He is a real dude. (laughs) He's a dude. He's just a guy. He's a real dude. He's a guy pretending to be a guy. I'm a real boy. A dude. Yeah. He's a dude, man. He's a real dude. <laughs> Matt LaFleur. Uh, LaFleur talks about playing with that big lead. Uh, here's more from that coach. We came in at halftime, and I asked the guys. I said, hey, what's the score? And they all said 0-0. And I know it's one thing to say it, and it's another thing to go out and do it. But fortunately, we built a lead that was too big to overcome. And speaking of that lead... How many more opportunities did the Green Bay Packers have to intercept Dak where the ball was right in like a Devondre Campbell's or another player's hands where it was like, even if they had caught some of those, when is Dallas scoring outside of the garbage, you know, garbage touchdowns in the last quarter and a half? I know. The Packers took their foot off the gas. I think. That first touchdown at the end of the second half, that was the one that hit Devondre Campbell right in the hands. Yep. And then off the top of my head, there was one other time where Dallas was driving, and I can't remember who it was, but it hit them right in the hands, and they could have had a pick. And it was mm-hmm. like, that was two touchdowns that, that Dallas had in the, the second and third quarter. It, they that, didn't really start scoring until the end. Dak said he wasn't going to throw 10 interceptions this year. Dak was right in a, in a sense. In the regular season, he wasn't going to throw 10 interceptions. Yeah. Dak then... Exceeded that yeah. in the playoffs. So he didn't throw 10. He threw 11. <laughs> now, there's one thing you can uh, bag on the floor about, uh, about the game yesterday. I was putting in Sean Clifford in the backups. Yeah. Um, especially even on the defensive side of the ball. I, di- I didn't understand it. I get that you're you're confident you're moving on. But, I mean, there are... There's a time and place for putting in your backups, but when you had a team who in the second half was moving the ball up and down the field against you, defensively, that wasn't it. LaFleur did take his lumps. He said he screwed up. I'm mad at myself for pulling our guys at the end of the game because I I knew we probably shouldn't do it, but uh, I made the decision, and I regret it. But uh, I think that's a learning moment, and I'll learn from it and get better for it. Matt LaFleur must follow me on Twitter. I said, make a statement, Packers. Put in Sean Clifford. And then the next drive they did. (laughs) It went south pretty quick there, Uh, but he regrets it. So Um, you'd be a bad coach. Is what you're telling me. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I would have pulled a Lafleur there. Uh, here's another one from Lafleur about being underdogs. Being underdogs, he says, isn't bad at all. I think there's a little bit of freedom with that in terms of how you go out and play. And, you know, these guys, uh, they went for it. That's exciting to see. You know, every phase, I thought you could see it in, in the way we played, our play style, just how aggressive we were in, in, really in every phase. And each phase contributed to the win. Yeah, I mean, you could. Cowboys are tight, right? And then you can just sense the tension in the air with the, 
America's fans out there in Jerry's world. America's fans. They were just they were just beside themselves. My favorite moment is when they cut to that that older blonde lady when the Packers were you know, just surrender Cobra. Yeah, when surrender Cobra, she was crying. I was like, that is just amazing. Uh, Packers. We talked about this. Bo Melton against the Vikings finally had a 100 yard receiver, and then it was Jaden Reed against the Bears, and then last night you had Romeo Dobbs. Uh, Matt Lafleur talks. The Packers had no 100. Well, there's that, but then also the rushers. Uh, the Packers had no 100 yard rushers in the first 14 games, but Aaron Jones has passed the century mark for a fourth straight game. He owns the Cowboys. Here's the floor on Aaron Jones. You guys see it, right? I mean, just his ability to put his foot in the ground and just be explosive, make people miss. I can't say enough great things about the guy, the football player, what he means to our team, the leadership he brings. He's a rare guy. There are not many like him. He's rare like Mr. Clean with hair. No, Roddy, we were talking about this, right? It was, I don't want to hear at the end of the game of Aaron Jones having like nine carries and before me like, oh, I can't believe I got to do better. I can't believe I didn't give him the ball as much as, as I should have. Well, and you brought this up, Rowdy. I said, can you explain it to me? He's like, well, maybe Rowdy had said they're trying to keep him fresh. So Rowdy had said, like, maybe they're trying to keep him fresh. Yeah, or they're trying, the narrative trying and, to keep him healthy because the narrative is that he's a smaller back that can't run through the tackles consistently or stay healthy for an, a complete NFL season running through the tackles. Well, he got 21 carries and he got 22 touches. Yeah, LaFleur talks on this. It was great not to have to manage Aaron Jones's reps because... He's fresh. Sometimes there's, it was a blessing in disguise, I would say, that he didn't have the wear and tear throughout the course of the season because he's not the biggest guy. Uh, but pound for pound, I don't know if there's many tougher than him. So I think being here now, missing all those games and not having the, I guess, he's got more tread on the tire. There's, I guess there's the answer. That's what we were alluding to uh, at the Red Baron yesterday. And then how about Jerry Alexander coming back? Uh, he was, you know, rolled his ankle in a walkthrough. On what Wednesday, uh, he was huge with that interception in the first half on Dak Prescott. That was obviously a big time play, just kind of setting us off. You know, we we go down, we have a, a long drive, go down and score. Was it eight minutes or something like that? And then he comes up with that big time pick, and for us to go up fourteen right off the jump, uh, I thought that was pretty big. Almost was a pick six too. Just almost was that pick yeah, six. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's not that the player has to physically touch Jair Alexander or I guess the defender when the ball is intercepted with his hand any body part just has to come in contact with Jair Alexander and that's why Jair Alexander was down Mm -hmm. just barely grazed but it was just but yeah just barely no we were talking about the receivers having John Money yeah John Money (laughs) as Matt LaFleur called him yeah hey hey man John Money man okay man man how how does this come to be by the way because all the press conferences that we have played from Matt LaFleur or comments that he's had he's always called him Jair 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 then Jair pulls the Charlotte stunt against the Cardinals with running out there being a captain because he's from Charlotte. Yep. And come on, everyone knew that. Yeah, come on, come on. Coach knew that, I think, man. To Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur going, dude, we can't have these players going rogue. Like, we need to discipline him. He can't just do that. So they suspend him to a few weeks later. <laughs> John Money. <laughs> He's making an interception against the Cowboys. They're moving on, winning their wild card game. And Matt LaFleur is calling him John Money. Now, John did say, and so did Matt LaFleur after the suspension. And uh, once they got back on the podium to talk about it, they said their relationship grew because of it. So maybe after that closed door meeting where they dressed him down, LaFleur's like, 
Our relationship did grow. I'm now on a page where I can call him John Money. (laughs) (laughs) Here's one more from uh, LaFleur. Two more, actually. But we were talking about the 100-yard receivers. You finally had Bo Melton, the Vikings, Jaden Reed, the Bears, and now Romeo Dobbs last night. Here's LaFleur. On the first 15 games of the season of not having a receiver go over 100 yards, now three straight. Here's LaFleur. Defenses have to pick and choose. and So if you cover one guy, then it opens up the other guy. And I I, I just think the depth that we have, I I don't know if I've been around a a team as – that can go with six, seven different guys. But Rome was, he was on one tonight. You could see it, man. He's got great hands. Yeah, and then one more. LaFleur, very excited about the young team. There is a different energy about our team. It's so much fun to come to work with these guys every day. And these guys, just the way they compete and push each other. And, you know, I'm just happy for those guys. Well, you go back to last season, right? Aaron Rodgers, old. Mercedes Lewis, old. Randall Cobb, old. Lazard getting a little older, right? Not in a sense of old, old, but in the NFL, Lazard to be a little older. And now, you know, there's, there's probably disconnect, right? You got a bunch of older cats who, you know, Aaron Rodgers was 40 at the time. And now, how are you supposed to gel with someone who's like 22 years old? It was a little tough. Now, what's everyone on the team? They're like the same age. Yeah. So you see that. You know that, that gelling happening for the team. I think you team. can you can use that excuse for Aaron Rodgers, and I des- definitely think that there is a disconnect when you're nearly forty years old, and some of the guys you're playing with are twenty one to twenty five. But we also have to think about it as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. I mean, he was winning Super Bowls yeah. in his late thirties, yeah. in his forties, damn near into his mid forties. So clearly there might be a disconnect, but it's not that you can't overcome it. And that's like the reason why you can't win is because of the age difference. Right. I think it also helps that a lot of people, especially young people, see Tom Brady as the goat. True. And I also think it helps that some of Tom Brady's friends, when he would bring them with like the Gronks of the world, were still some of the best players at their position. Yeah. So it would be like, hey, let's go get my buddy, insert name here. He's still a top five guy at his at his position, not, hey, let's go get my buddy, Alan Lazard. He's a fringe NFL roster guy without me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're all professionals, right? You should, yeah. Or let's bring my buddy, Randall Cobb, in. We'll give him a little, we'll give him much more money than he actually deserves. And oh, by the way, he's way past his prime for a slot receiver. I don't think it's a good excuse, but it is. Something that comes into play. Whereas Tom got to a new city and went to a park to start playing. Yeah, he got to to know his receivers. Yeah, Yeah, but still, (laughs) he wanted to get to know his receivers. Yeah, they were brand new to him. Yep. And um, now everyone, I think it's more of a, a not an excuse, but a good thing now that they're all the same age and are growing together. Hell, you saw it all season of them gelling. Uh, Let's go to the phones. Line one. Good morning. Good morning, Scott. Just one. Just one second, Scott. Line two. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Corey, hey, Corey. what's up, brother? Not too much. So I'll get right to it so you can get back to music trivia. I know you're waiting for it. So <laughs> you have to say this game a bit reminded me of when the uh, Packers went out to San Francisco in 1995, actually. So you guys really don't remember this, probably. Maybe you do, RJ. But right off the bat, uh, they went down and scored. And George Coons completely blasted uh, the San Francisco running back at the time. I can't remember his name. And Craig Newsom. Uh, took it back for a fumble return, touchdown also, and I was like, oh, these guys came to play today, and the route was on. Now, unfortunately, they then went to Dallas and ended up losing, so hopefully the reverse doesn't happen in this case. Uh, but it's starting to feel a bit like the Giants in 2007, too, where I was all pretty excited that 
they beat Dallas. I'm like, all right, this is uh, right up the Packers' alley. They're going to be going to the show here. And then all of a sudden, they come into town and, you know, whoever the hell their head and coach was at the time, I can't remember. But, like, his nose was falling off and how cold it was and stuff like that. And uh, they pull it off, and they kept on going through. So, you know, part of it with the Packers, I think, you know, we look at them, we say, well, they're really young and what have you, but they might just have enough innate talent where that doesn't really matter. And Shockley Gutekunst does know what he's doing when he drafted all these guys, so that's good. And that beeping <laughs> sound you hear is the, is the money truck backing up for Jordan Love because he earned himself a nice little $500,000 bonus yesterday by winning that game, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's got to be pretty happy. Today. Feeling it. And cost of his contract just keeps going up, but that's okay. And, uh, Hey, if they go all the way through and win it, and Joe Barry saves his job, I'll trade that for a Super Bowl win. Yeah, I mean, if the Packers win the Super Bowl, sign Joe Barry to a yeah. five-year extension. What do I care? Hell, ten years. I'll, t- I'll take a Joe Barry extension <laughs> for a Super I Bowl. Care? I'll take that for a Super Bowl. I'll make a deal yeah. with the devil. And, and uh, I don't know if you ever see Full Metal Jack or not. But oh, hell yeah. Like Lafleur now coming into the part of the movie where he's where Arlie Ermey's told Gore Pyle, he's like, you were definitely born again hard, sir. You were born and again hard, Bile. Maybe they, maybe they just had to haze him, and he's got some soap marks on his stomach from getting blasted. Yeah, let's just hope the first half of that movie doesn't end the way you know for the Packers exactly. or the Full Metal Jacket. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, seven six two. So yeah. Anyways, <laughs> good thing. Looking for a little Saturday Saturday night fight action here for the Pack Attack. Yes, and, sir. Um, Wherever the tailgate is, I'll listen in. You guys are. You got it, Corey. We're we're working on some stuff. We love you, buddy. Born again hard. Born again hard, Corey and Marshall. Later. See you, buddy. Pile. (laughs) Got a jelly donut. Uh, Line one. Hello, Scotty. Hi. Hey guys, how you doing? Scott, I am on. I am on cloud nine. Fantastic. Living the dream. I am going to say a couple things. I think the Dallas underestimated the Packers. I said it yesterday it. during the game. I think I think McCarthy, because they were so young, told them not to put the gas on. I, I can't explain it otherwise because uh, they're a good team. Yep. I think they underestimated the Packers. I think you're right, Scott. I do believe okay. you're right. Secondly, if they play the 49ers like they did with Dallas and, and count it as gravy, you know, they weren't even supposed to be there. You know, I, the third thing is, did you see at halftime uh, Bradshaw? And uh, Jimmy Johnson. Face? Oh, my God. And, and uh, you know, it was so funny is that they all picked Dallas to win. And at halftime, Terry Bradshaw, you know, it, it, looked like, it looked like he was taking a dump or something. Yeah, I think you're, think, I think you're thinking of Jimmy Johnson. I think, he, I think he's having an aneurysm live on air. Well, Bradshaw is right there, too, because he used to be a cowboy. Right? I, think you, I think you're thinking of Jimmy Johnson, Scotty. The, the, well, the guy with the silver hair? Bradshaw yeah, was a Pittsburgh Steeler. Oh, you're you're yeah, thinking okay. of Jimmy Johnson, Scotty. And who's the two makeup games today, by the way? Only one. Uh, it's the Buffalo game. Yeah, Buffalo uh, and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. And then, yeah. Then you have Tampa and Philadelphia tonight. Buffalo and uh, the Steelers. Bill Steelers is at 3.30. And then you have the Buccaneers and Eagles tonight. Yeah, I thought there was two games. Uh, yeah, who did Thunder Island? 
Oh, um, that was um, Jay Ferguson. Yep. Who did Superstition? Stevie Wonder. You can see. Who did uh, Season of the Witch? Donovan. Yep. Method of Modern Love. Was that Hall and Oates? Yep. Who did Rubber Band Man? T.I. <laughs> that is T.I. Or the Spinners. <laughs> the Spinners. Who would be a Rubber Band Man? Well, it's a Taliban. Take on me. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, uh, Cold as Ice. Horner. Kokomo. Beach Boys. Yep. Lowdown. Vaz Gags. Yep. Shake It Up. Cars. Yeah, love you guys. Have a great day. Scott, I go love pack. you so much. Go pack, go baby. See you, Scotty. And then, boys, Saturday, a little Saturday night special. Also, Leonard Skinner. Saturday night, sorry, fight. Niners, we coming? I'm coming. We're here. We're, I'm here. I'm here. What about Max Klesman, by the way? Badgers lost a little win on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, man. Clever over a thousand points too. You got honored. Yeah. What do you compare him as? Clay Thompson around you? Did I see someone? Someone? Yeah, that's Grant Bill. Oh, it's Grant. Yeah. Sorry. Please, please Grant. don't. All my love, Jordan Love, and all my love to this guy right here, Rob Reichel, Forbes.com, Conley Media. Robbie, what a time to be alive, my friend. You probably just play that song all day, huh? <laughs> Whole lot of love, all my love. Um, Did I fall out of love? Uh, no. By fire and the light to chase a feather in the wind. You can just, just kind of go through and analyze, play little verses, you know, word by word within the glow that we've cloaked of delight, yada, yada. Right? I mean, you'd have a lot of fun with that. Rob, I could just there's, do, I could play Stairway to Heaven too, dude. I mean, what? what, what? You know, and there's just so many wonderful songs that are out there, you know, with love in the title, which, which I mean, he, he gives headline writers so much to work with anyways. And, and guys like you on, you know, on the air coming out of breaks with, with a new love song every 10 minutes. It's, uh, yeah, no, you're, you're right, Evo. You're, you're a Packer fan, which obviously we're talking to Packer fans. Packer Nation, this is, there is nothing better than teams on the rise and teams that surprise you, right? And that, that's what this group is doing right now. It reminds me so much of those early 90s Brett Favre teams. It reminds you of the 2010 team led by Aaron Rodgers. That was the sixth seed, which was the lowest in the league at the time or in the conference because there was only – only 12 teams in the playoffs then, unlike the 14 we have now, where you can be as low as a seven. You know, and, you know, and, and that team obviously went out and did great things and, and won the Super Bowl. When Evo, there's nothing better, really, when you're a fan than a team that surprises you with greatness. And, and that's what this team is, you know, on the brink of doing. And what they did yesterday was absolutely remarkable. Rob, um, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here. Uh, we've already had a couple of listeners call in, and, and right before you, actually, one said, Kyle and Stoughton called in, and he said, you know, I think Jordan Love could be better than Aaron Rodgers, could be better than Brett Favre with how this thing is progressing so fast right now for uh, the young, you know, first-year starting quarterback. What, what say you to something like that, Robbie? Yeah, I mean, I guess let's pump the brakes a little bit, right? I mean, what, I mean, but... 
But what we've seen in the last nine games, right, the, the, the 21 touchdowns and the one interception is, is so remarkably. And, and I was going to go do some research on, on that today and compare. I, I'll guarantee you Favre never had a 21-1 stretch because he, he threw too many <laughs> interceptions, right? You know, Rodgers might have along the way. But even Rodgers' greatest season was 45 touchdowns and six picks. So, you know, that, that's a ratio of, of what would that be, 7.5 to 1, Evo? Um, this is 21 to one. I mean, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable and, and remarkable. And and I've been, you know, I have been saying the last three or four weeks and and you guys know, cause we've talked about it on the show many times. I, I did say that this guy's going to enter 2024 as one of your five leading candidates for MVP. I, I don't, I don't think there's any, any question about that. You know, he, he's in the discussion right now. Now, I'm not saying best quarterback in the league, but I'm saying MVP, you know, the two, two totally different animals there. Um, you know, but he, he's in that discuss, MVP discussion, I think, going into next year with, with your Josh Allens and your Mahomes and your Lamar Jacksons and, you know, people like that. It's, uh, yeah, you know, to, to uh, Favre and Rodgers both won Super Bowls, right? Favre was the two of them. Favre, to me, is the top five in the history of the sport. Yeah. Rodgers is probably top 15. Um and, and I know some people think that's too low, but some of his playoff failures absolutely drop him down that list. He, you know, the, the, ever since Rodgers won the 2010 Super Bowl, he really struggled in the postseason, and, and that's going to knock him down. I don't care about the four MVPs so much. Nobody remembers the regular season. Uh, it's, it's what you do in the playoffs. And, and that's what made it so remarkable yesterday, Evo, you know, for, for Jordan Love, was, was that he did this in the playoffs, his first career start. In the in the postseason, I mean, if, if he doesn't come back in that game, Evo, um, you know, if if if, if Matt Lafleur allows his defensive guys to stay on the field, and you know that lead stays forty, you know, forty eight sixteen, and they don't have to reinsert Love at some point in time, or they did in the last drive, um, you know, he finishes with a perfect passer rating, and that's only been done twice in the history of the league um, in, in a postseason game. And now you're talking Jordan Love, what it's on in his first career playoff start against a team, Evo, that hadn't lost in pretty much two years at home and won their home games this year by an average margin of more than three touchdowns. Again, mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely astronomical and remarkable what he did. Green Bay's first six drives, Evo, five touchdowns. I mean, think about that for a second, right? Against against one of the great defensive minds in the sport, in in Dan Quinn, and you know what Jordan Love did yesterday, Evo, could lead to a lot of, I mean, a million changes in Dallas, starting with the head coach. Ooh, yeah, Big Mike is. Uh, we'll see what happens with his future with the Dallas Cowboys. But on the Packers, Rob, on Friday when you were joining us, I asked you like, who is the key to victory here? You went right away, no hesitation. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, and he rattled off all the stats. He owns the Dallas Cowboys. He's got all these rushing yards, all these tutties, right? How about Aaron Jones and the play of him? Well, let me ask you this: Were we too hard on Matt Lafleur uh, as a you know throughout his you know his coaching tenure at the Packers and even before that in Big Mike? We'd always say like, how come they don't use Aaron Jones as much as they should? Was that uh, an, a good thing for Matt Lafleur of kind of like you know? keeping them healthy for this run here? Because a fresh Aaron Jones is almost unstoppable. No, you, you, you're totally right. And and really, Evo, I mean, I, I went through this before the game yesterday across the board. You know, Green Bay had 20 of its 22 preferred starters for that football game yesterday in terms of, you know, if they would have filled out their depth chart back in, uh, you know, September, on September 10th before they played the Bears, 20 of their 22 guys that they, you know, wanted to start the game against Chicago 
were on the field yesterday. And and to get to, you know, we talk all year about, oh, this guy's hurt and that guy's hurt. You know, no, no, nobody's going to remember that a decade down the road, right? And, and Aaron Jones is the prime example of that. Nobody's going to remember September and October Aaron Jones and what he did against the Lions and, you know, and, the, and the Bears and the Seahawks and the Rams or whatever it is, right? I mean, what you're going to remember is that he owned the Dallas Cowboys again in the wild card round of, of the postseason. Yeah, he, he, you know, Evo, looking ahead, I mean, the guy is 29. And, 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 and I would, you know, bet everything I have at this point in time, they're going to have to, you know, they will absolutely bring him back next year the way he's closed this season. Four straight 100-yard rushing games. It's the first time, you know, he's ever done that in his career. Um, you know, Green Bay is 4-0 and in those games. The Packers are unbeaten this year in every game. Jones has gone over 100 yards. I think the perfect recipe in terms of moving forward with Jones over the next couple of years, Ebo, is you draft a running back, you know, somewhat high, almost like, you know, the lineman, not as high as the Lions did, for example, with Jamar Gibbs, and they paired him, obviously, with David Montgomery. But you get that second or third round, you know, guy, a, a Jamal Williams type of player that can handle the ball 15 times, you know, a game. And, and maybe that, that's your guy, Evo, that from September till December 15th leads you in rushing attempts. And you keep Jones as fresh as possible, you know, almost, almost like that guy, uh, almost like that guy that has his, you know, mint sports car stored in the garage all winter, right? And now it's now it's May tenth and he busts that sucker out and, and between May and September he's driving around, you know, driving around Madison looking like a stud, right? In in in, in that sweet sports car. And that's what Matt LaFleur can do with Aaron Jones. Bust him out in December and January, you know, you you get to that point in time, you know, maybe leaning more heavily on some other guys in the ground game than you do in Aaron Jones. I'm not saying Jones doesn't have a role, but maybe he's twelve to fifteen touches, right? And then the last month, six weeks of the year, counting the playoffs, Evo, he touches it twenty five times a game. He was twenty one carries again yesterday. I mean he's been over twenty now, I think three of three of the last four weeks. Uh, that he, you know, that he's played, he's still obviously active in the pass game. I think he's got 12 catches, Evo, in the in the last four games. So they are riding him hard at this point in time, and rightfully so, because he's fresh, he's healthy, he obviously can handle the workload, Evo, and and you see what the results are, right? He finds his way to the end zone three times. Yeah. He's got almost 120 yards again on the ground. He was undoubtedly the key, I thought, in that game yesterday. Look at that first drive, right, Evo? 12 plays, the Packers run 12 plays, seven of them are runs to Aaron Jones. They wanted to establish them early, they did, and they'll have to do the exact same thing if they're going to keep San Francisco at bay and keep the 49ers defense off the field again come Saturday night. Well, Rob, for sure Aaron Jones had to be a key when coming up with a game plan against these Dallas Cowboys, but I think another guy that was actually pretty useful for Green Bay, though maybe the stat sheet wouldn't say so, was Christian Watson because there was multiple times where they sent him deep and you saw it draw multiple Dallas secondary defenders and it left Romeo Dobbs and Lucas Musgraves of the world pretty wide open underneath. A thousand percent right. And we, we talked about that last week, right? What at this point in time do you have to lose with Christian Watson? Maybe he only plays 15 snaps, right? But in those snaps, you're going to send him deep on eight of them or something. And he did only have the one catch, I think, where he sat down in zone and, and, and hauled in a short ball. But but you're exactly right, Nelly. He cleared the middle of the field numerous times by running deep go routes 
um, and it opened some stuff up for, for Dobbs, who obviously had a had a huge game. I thought the tight ends were really good, and Musgrave was able to operate, you know, the middle of the field at times. Um, it doesn't seem like Watson came out of the game any worse for the wear either. At least they certainly didn't indicate so afterwards. So we'll we'll see how the week plays out for him. But I would expect him to have a real similar role uh, come Saturday, and maybe even an expanded role, Nelly, where he's not just a- Mm. Big Cowboys cutting Rob off right there. That's that's Jerry Jones. Hey, Robbie, you back, buddy? Sorry, pal. I don't know where I lost you. I was just in the middle of my walk from the answer. I'll, I'll just kind of pick up and just say, you know, they they will need him to do that and maybe even more come Saturday night in, in San Francisco where he's not just a decoy on some of that deep goal stuff. You know, the the, 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 the older yeah. folks listening right now of my generation remember a guy named Corey Bradford uh, who, who went out there with Favre in, in the late 90s and had a couple of huge catches on, on deep balls in, in that Terrell Owens game in, in 98. They'll need Watson to do some similar things like that and, and, and probably even have an expanded role, I would think, in, you know, in the offense because at the end of the day, as good as this wide receiver group is, Christian Watson probably is their most talented guy. Rob Reichel joining us right now, Forbes.com, Conley Media Film on Twitter, Twitter, Rob Reichel. Robbie, on the defensive side of things, I mean, that pick from Jair, incredible. What, you had the pick six from Savage as well. Uh, the Joe Barry haters out there, Rob, do they have anything to stand on today with the Cowboys scoring 32? I'm sorry, what was your question, Evo? The, the Joe Barry haters, do they have anything to, to stand on? Do they have ammo in the clip? Do they have, uh, do they have any you know, clout here with hating on Joe Barry? Yeah, the I, mean, I mean, they, they still do. I mean, they, they have a season of shrapnel that they've taken, right? I mean, they have, they have Baker Mayfield and Tommy DeVito and, and all that kind of stuff in their holster. I don't think Joe Barry's return is a certainty. Now, if they go out there and – and beat San Francisco 1917 and the defense is really good. And, you know, they, 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 they slow down Debo and, and Ayuk and, and, and CM three and guys like that and, and pick Purdy off a couple times, then it's probably pretty reasonable to think Barry's going to come back or sign us. You know, remember now the contract is over. It's up to Joe Barry too, whether, whether he wants to be back in green Bay next season guys. And, and my guess is he will, but, but, but you, you know, He's also he seems to take some of this stuff really personally. How the how the fan base has beat the nonsense out of him. He's mentioned how tough it's been on his family several times here in the in the last month or so. So you do wonder when Joe Barry does some you know kind of a a real introspection on where he wants to wind up. Uh, you know, finishing up his career over the next five to ten years. If, if you know, if Green Bay is 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 the number one spot and destination for him. So I don't think the defensive coordinator job is you know, set by any means for 2024, even though they were pretty good the first three quarters. Now, again, I, I, I had a real problem with Matt LaFleur pulling starters. You know, this, this, this isn't week three against the Browns <laughs> or something like that. Uh, yesterday, I had a real problem with Joe Barry going to prevent as, as early as he did. I, I hate it when teams do that. I hate it when coaches do that guys. Um, you know, we, we know the old slogan, right? You know, all it prevents is winning. Did, did they run a little extra clock? Maybe. I mean, Dallas still moved that ball pretty quickly and pretty efficiently, especially in those two late scoring drives. So I, you know, I do take a little bit, um, you know, of, of, of put a little bit of a blame there on, on, on LaFleur and, and, and Barry for letting that thing get as close as, as it did again 
last night. But no, you're exactly right. Ebo, it's a big day in general for for Joe Barry and his defense. Any anytime you can, you know, score the ball on the defensive side of things, take the ball away twice, that leads to 14 points in turnovers. That is that is an enormous win, you know, for your football team. And, and Green Bay was really good, certainly early in that game yesterday. Ebo, Rob, any pep talks for Anders Carlson at all for you? Yeah, 2024 is your year. <laughs> he's he's got to keep it interesting once in a while and miss a couple extra points, all right? That's just his uh, MO. I mean, uh, and I'll tell you one, this isn't an exaggeration, and, and I'm not, you know, trying to get dramatic or this isn't hyperbola, um, but, but we all know the story there, right? I mean, Green Bay had $65 million of dead cap money this year. They had to go cheap somewhere. They went cheap at safety. They went cheap at punter. They went cheap at kicker. They went cheap at tight end. They went cheap at wide receiver, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, and, and, again, they were never going to tell this to the paying customers. They were never going to tell this to the fan base. But all they wanted to get out of 2023, guys, was can Jordan Love play or not and what 35 guys on the roster could they move forward with in the next two years when they thought they were going to become a really good football team? I don't think anybody inside the organization in, in a moment of honesty ever thought playing in the divisional round of the playoffs was going to be a possibility this year. That's where they are though. And they owe it to the other 52 guys that are going to, you know, be, you know, be grabbing a Jersey and suiting up on, on Saturday night. I guess it's the other 47 guys, right? Cause you suit up 48 and you have the five inactives, but they owe it to the rest of the team guys to have a kicker. That's of NFL caliber out there. Come, come Saturday night. And, and I, I mean, this is nine of 11 games now where Carlson has missed a kick. I do think honestly, they have to, they have to explore deeply the possibility of replacing the kicker heading out to San Francisco. Chances like this don't come around every day, right? I mean, Green Bay wins the Super Bowl in 2010. They've got young stars all over the field, and everybody thinks it's going to be three out of four. It's going to be five out of seven. It's going to be a Patriot-like you know, dynasty coming for the Green Bay Packers. And we saw they never got back, right? So you just never know in this league. And if that game, like I said, guys, if, if that's 1917 late and you trot Carlson out for a 45 yarder to, to potentially win the game, um, I don't have much faith in that. And I, and I don't think the Packers themselves do. I don't think Matt LaFleur, if it's fourth and six, Matt LaFleur might just go for it, Evo, at that point in time and to, instead of trying a game winning, you know, potential field goal. Honestly, gentlemen, I mean, I, I think this is the NFC championship game Saturday night. I really do. The winner of this, I believe, is, is a touchdown better than the Lions, the Eagles, and the Buccaneers Ooh. at this stage in the season. I mean, they, they could easily be playing for a Super Bowl come Saturday night in San Francisco, and I just don't think you can bring a JV kicker into the varsity football game for that. Robbie, if it's 19 to 17 in San Francisco and they trot out Anders Carlson for a game winning kick, I think there's going to be a very high reporting of died suddenly in Wisconsin for uh, sun, or I guess Saturday night. Hold me, Rob. What if it happens? Hold me. All right. Hey, Robbie, we'll get more into the Niners as the week progresses with you, buddy. Uh, I know you know this stat. I just want to put it out there. The last time the Packers scored 48 points, it was against what? The Atlanta Falcons on the road on the way to them winning the Super Bowl. They just put 48 up again on the road against the Cowboys. How about that, baby? And weren't the parallels remarkable, right? Like Tremont Williams intercepting Matt Ryan and running the ball back just before halftime, and then Darnell Savage does the exact same thing yesterday. It's, it's always wild to me, you know, when some of those 
some of those things line up perfectly. And, and yesterday was, was one of those days. No, we, we, we know the stat, Evo. Is, is this the next team of destiny? We'll find out. It's, uh, it, it, it's a glorious time if you're a Packer fan right now. So, uh, you know, it, it, it makes the winters a lot shorter in Wisconsin. That's for sure. Real quick, Rob, what did you think of Matt LaFleur referring to Jair Alexander as Ja Money now? I don't really know or care what anybody <laughs> calls each other, Nelly. You know that. I just, I just think it was so, un, you know, I, I, I did a thing a couple days before the game, and, you know, I just said, you know, if Green Bay is going to win, Nelly, these five guys have to have, like, insane type of games. And, and Jones was in there, obviously, and, you know, the both tackles on offense who did extremely well against Micah Parsons for the most part. But Jair Alexander was number one in, 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 in my list there on my, in my book, uh, Nelly. And, and, and he played like, you know, he played like an elite corner yesterday until the ankle went again. And, um, you know, that interception was so gigantic to, to take that 14 nothing lead, uh, late, you know, early second, I guess that was at, at that point in time. Uh, they have, they have to do everything humanly possible, just like they did this week to get him ready to go in, in San Francisco. The 49ers, believe it or not, probably have more ways to hurt you than the Cowboys do or did. And, um, Green Bay is, is going to desperately need Alexander, not just to play, you know, not just to open that game, Nelly but to finish that game, to have any chance to go out there and win. Hey, the Packers got John Money, but we got Robert Currency right here. Our guy, Rob Reichel. Robbie, because you're always printing money with those stories. We love you, dude. Uh, you got all my love and a whole lot of love and all the good <laughs> stuff from, you know, from, from, from the quarterback to play through the course of the day. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's a fun time, guys. It Enjoy is. it. Yeah, that negative 11 or whatever it is right now, it doesn't feel like it right now. Yeah. We're hot. We're hot, Rob. We love you, Rob. Thanks for joining us on a Monday. Much love, buddy. All right, always fun. We'll talk to you later in the week. Thanks, See you, Robbie. Guys. There he is, Forbes.com, Media, Rob Reichel.